Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and this is part two of 17 Stoic Practices to Add Calm to Your Life. What number did we end off on? We ended off on six, and so we've got to wow. move through. We've got to remainder. move through, and I will try to be a little uh, easy on the tangents. 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 All right, I would like to recognize the milestone of today. Today's Sunday, March 13th, and tomorrow, where we're from in St. John, New Brunswick, the mandate for masks yes. and all mandates actually associated with COVID-19 are being lifted. And interestingly enough, it was exactly two years ago today on Friday, March 13th, I believe that was the last day of school in our area before it closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. So just an interesting milestone. Uh, one that is that quite I, a milestone. Unbelievable that two years has passed. I know. And tomorrow, tomorrow will be the first day and I don't, well, two years that we can walk outside without wearing a mask and feel okay about it. Well, and some people are, degree. you know, trepidatious about it and it's, it'll be an so. interesting time. I know one thing though, I'm going to wear lipstick. Although my lipstick's probably two years old now and... Maybe I should buy new lipstick, so yes. scratch that. I might have to go buy new lipstick. Um, but I'm going to start off this part two with a quote, and it's by our friend Epictetus, and we quote a lot of philosophers. He's a buddy. He still owes me money, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> the quote is, you become what you give your attention to. Yes, it's true. You always say it's true when I say a quote. You're so supportive that way. But it is true, though. You do. You do. What was the quote again? (laughs) 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 You give your, you You become, you become what you give your attention to. to. What exactly does that mean though? So, okay. In life, you give your attention to many different things, right? Right. But it's what you spend your time on. Those moments are your life. That's true. It's though you wouldn't be doing them unless you enjoyed it. Usually, right? If you're working on a car, for example, just for the sake of talking and you're trying to get it going, uh, your time is spent working on that car. You're right. I mean, I don't know if either of us have ever worked on a car, but that's a great example. <laughs> this, ex- this reminds me the other night I was talking to Jeff about how lucky we are with our appliances because we have Kenmore appliances and we moved into our house 12 years ago now and mm-hmm. we've not had an issue with any of them. Washer, dryer, stove fridge all work really really well dishwasher and then jeff's knocked on wood i know i'm (laughs) not a superstitious person neither of us are superstitious but he knocked on wood and i said you know i didn't think you're superstitious and you said i am when it comes to appliances (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right, I did say that without I missing know. a beat, didn't I? Yes, but uh, none of our, but, it's not as though all the appliances broke down the next day. So, no. um, but again, we may need to walk But you know, our, the element did go in our oven and I fixed it all by myself. I know. You're I'm pretty, not a very big fixer-upper guy, but I did, I did, I went out, bought the right element, did it all. Did you happen to watch a YouTube video to make that happen? I certainly did. No, what do we do before YouTube? Nothing. We just let our houses fall apart. I just had a visual of somebody doing like heart surgery with the YouTube video propped up beside them. Actually, what we did is we learned what to do because there was no YouTube. 
That's, That's what right. we did. In the old days. You know, we read those things called books. Speaking of the old days, we're still doing daylight savings time. And this weekend we had to spring our clocks forward. That's I still have to do it in my head that which way does the clock move? I know. Spring forward, fall back. So we lose an hour of sleep. Yes. Which, which is, is what, not fun. That's what old people say. It's always sleep lost. I know. It's not we lost. Oh, we it's lost. Not we get a, more daylight. We it's... lost an hour to do something very fun <laughs> and you know productive. No, it's like no. Someone stole an entire hour of our sleep. Of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> our lives. we could be working on that car. But then in the fall, we're happy as can be because because there's more light and vitamin D from the sun, all that jazz. Yeah, there's some reason they do it. And I get to run around the house and reset all the clocks. And then usually it takes me a few months to figure out how to reset the car clock. Did you do it yet? Not yet. You started to and then it wasn't really cooperating, was it? I wonder with our listeners if they also in their household have one person who's designated with that task every time the time changes. Because I'm that person in our household. Watches. I'm so thankful that our phone does it automatically. I mean, I don't know what I would do if it didn't. Oh, I know. Really? What do people do before that? So let's just jump into our actual stoic practices. So we're starting at number seven for part two, and it is to say only what isn't better left unsaid. So the thought around this is that people tend to normally speak about themselves. So even if they ask questions, a lot of times they they do so with thinking ahead about the chance to jump in and talk about something that's related to them and what ends up happening is they don't really listen to what's being said. They're too busy preparing what, what they're they going to say. say next. And Stoics are very good at, you know, listening and only adding to the conversation with meaningful information. It's funny because I remember having conversations throughout my whole life where I had something I wanted to say in the conversation, you know, and I didn't want to forget it. I didn't want to forget what I wanted to say, but I also wanted to give that person time to say what they were saying. And I would sometimes interject with what I wanted to say because I was so afraid I was going to forget what I was saying. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I actually followed that whole thread of... Yes, I did. Well, I how did. could you not? It made sense, right? <laughs> Didn't it? I've had that happen too. Where, but even the fact that you're sitting there thinking about what you want to say, it, it takes it means away. You're engaged. It, well, it also takes away from listening to what the person is saying. Uh, I don't know. I think you're you waiting can do for the both. opening. I think you can do both. You can listen to what someone's saying and still prepare what you need to say, and right. wait for the right time to strike. Which is what I usually have to do. Sound like a viper. I know. Striking. But really the, the idea about this is twofold. One is not to gossip, you know, not to blame, complain. Don't talk too much, especially not about things that aren't meaningful. And the second is to listen. You know, listen with intention to understand about what the other person's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Number eight in terms of stoic practices is to toss away ego and vanity. And I'm going to go into a quote with this one. I think quotes really drive home these practices sometimes. When you toss it away, though, do you like scratch out your address and stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was me interjecting. Well, yes. You're you're picturing yourself tossing your ego and vanity into the compost bin? Would that be where it goes? Or Or the garbage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, probably recycling. You want to take care of it. But that's a perfect example of me 
having a good joke in my head and not wanting to wait for you to say another single word before oh, wait, interjecting it. That was a, an example of you having a good joke in your head? Well, you laughed, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I thought you laughed. I did at the sheer absurdity of how it did not relate at all to what I was saying. So tossing away ego and vanity. So this quote again from Epictetus. Throw out your conceited opinions, for it's impossible for a person to begin to learn what he thinks he already knows. And I think a lot of teachers would relate to this. I know that there's a time in our lives, particularly usually when we're teenagers, when we start to think we know everything, and it really closes our mind off to learning more. Yeah. Number nine, don't get disturbed and buy tranquility instead. And I'm not saying like go out and buy something. Yeah, don't pay for it. Don't go buy a Zen garden. I mean, no, no, no. Don't I never that. promised you a Zen garden. I never. Yeah, that's a good one. I know, right? Good one. Was it Rose Garden? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was. You got it. Yeah. That's that whole part where I have these automatic songs in my head when anything remotely resembles song lyrics. So we shouldn't let small things make us angry. And it's that whole idea of we can't control other people's actions, but we can definitely control our reactions. So Stoics basically want to stay calm in the midst of a storm and not get disturbed. So smile and focus on what needs to be done and move on. And it'll save you a lot of worry energy. And you'll realize that small things that usually irritate you are not even worth the hassle. It's true. Usually the things that irritate you are a colossal waste of time. Because it makes you irritated. It's your choice whether or not you want to be irritated, right? It is. Anyway. It absolutely is. It, again, controlling your reactions. It's one to grow on from Jeff. <laughs> I realized I'd provided a reference in our first part of this, but I did want to give another shout out to the reference for this. Stoicism 101, a uh, great website, as well as holsty.com. And a lot of the content for these two episodes around Stoicism, I drew from those sources. So I wanted to give credit there. Number 10 is to consolidate your thoughts in writing. And I think this is something a lot of people have taken the practice of journaling. Or poetry. Poetry, yes. Well, that is also a form of writing. We can write down questions for ourselves, examine our own assumptions of the world. Remember when you were like a teenager and stuff and you had like a love interest or whatever. And one of the things you would always do instead of talking to them face to face was write them a letter. I know. Isn't that interesting wonder that we method, did that? I wonder what the method is nowadays. I don't know. Probably texting. <laughs> nowadays, nowadays. Now that we're old and we have no idea how people <laughs> communicate with one another. Probably texting and emails and Snapchats and stuff like that. Yes. But it, I mean, it's interesting though that that was our go-to and you would always like make it really super personal, fold it up in this weird little oh, origami yeah, We had some pretty cool envelope. folds. I'm uh for our listeners, I'm a secret origami expert. Sign it all with TFA. I can really. friend always. Oh, yeah. BFF. Yeah, there you go. They still say that, I guess. I don't know. Do they? I, I can't think, really. I think so. I can't keep up with the kids these days. I'm not really an origami expert. I just can make a crane. I can make one mean crane, though. I thought you were going to go into a Sometimes, joke there for some reason. He's not always mean. Sometimes I'll draw a smiley face on him. I can't make anything. I can make a mean uh, airplane. A paper airplane. Yeah. That's about it. It's like a jet. Supersonic. I never got that down. I always made the wings too big and it just did a nosedive. But it looked nice. I'll teach you after this podcast. Yeah. Could you do it sharp enough that you could get another kid in the eye? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have. I've gotten kids in the eye. (laughs) And the ear. 
So back to consolidating your thoughts and writing, you know, it's a great way to express gratitude. A lot of people will take the time just to write down maybe three things from the day that they're grateful for. It just really helps us focus on the positive in our life. All right, take the time to journal. It's not hard. Get it done. It's going to help you. Some people use it as a practice, like, in, and, you know, as a form of meditation and stuff. Well, that's right. Like my Jeff. sister does, like, she just journals and journals and writes page after page after page until something really, you know, significant pops out or whatever. It's really interesting. Well, that's right. I think there's, isn't there a book called Morning Pages or something of that nature? Morning Rages, I think it is. <laughs> Rages? Rages. Rage. <laughs> what, do you just look in the mirror and rage on? You just rage on. Rage <laughs> against the machine. Number 11 <laughs> of Stoic practices is to see the opportunity in challenging situations. You mean like to learn from them? From yes. challenging situations? Well, and when, when a challenge arises, see what opportunity could be hidden within that. A lot of people will say that, you know, the obstacles are the way. Yeah. You know, they're part of the path of life. Well, that's what, uh, you know, Anthony Bourdain always said, who wants to have like a really boring vacation where nothing happens? Where nothing negative happens or nothing, you know, to cause some kind of hardship. It doesn't really make it memorable, does it? It does not, Jeff. You are most correct. I know. <laughs> Very wise. It's not no. me, it's Bourdain. <laughs> I just remembered it. But the idea behind this is really just how do we look at challenges? You know, some people just see it as something that's going to block them but other people say how does this change my path how does this provide me with some sort of opportunity to grow maybe it's you know dealing with a difficult individual and it allows us to hone our skills around negotiation or just how to be compassionate or perhaps patience and tolerance all of those virtues can be honed by challenging situations so Stoics searched for an opportunity for growth in every challenge. And no matter what life threw at them, they said they had a choice. They could be blocked or they could fight through them. I typically try to avoid challenging situations, but when they do arise, it is good to rise to them, you know, and not cower and kind of run away from them. Rise to it and, and tackle it and fulfill your potential, you know? Yes, well said. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. It's going to be a long, long sentence. You're going to love this next one, and I'm okay. just going to rub it right in your face. Oh, wow. I know. Jeez, that sounds really... Stoic? No. Evil. Number 12. Mm -hmm. Because I, if you recall, in part one, you explained how unstoic I was, if that were to be a word. But you said I was not stoic at all. Did I say that? Yeah, when, when I did think I say so. That? I'll have to oh, re-listen, but I'll... Oh, I in believe... the first podcast of, of this two-parter. Okay. That's that's correct. Okay. As opposed to just five minutes ago. Did I, did I say I was stoic? We yeah, I think that's where we okay. got to. We All thought right. that perhaps you were a little bit more stoic than I... Oh, I don't know about that one, but let's hear what you have to say. Number 12 is to imagine the worst that could happen. Oh, oh, who, oh yeah. who does that in our relationship? You do that every single day. I do, I every do. Every moment and of this, every single day. The Stoic says nothing happens to the wise man against his expectation. Seneca you, actually says that. But you catch, that. you catch maybe like 5% of 100% of the things that you worry about, though. I know, but that makes it worth it, right? Does so. it? Because you're not really, 
You're not really present in the situation if you're worrying about the situation. Yeah. yeah, but you know, there's a lot that's said nowadays about being positive and the power of positive thinking and optimism and people write out affirmations, but the Stoics believe differently. They felt that that type of practice invited passivity into our lives. Passivity. Right. So it was important that rather than deny the harsh realities of life, they decide to imagine the worst events that could possibly happen to them and then allow themselves to plan for how they may react. Premeditatio malorum. Premeditatio malorum. Premeditation of evils. Interesting. So not only does it allow you to prepare yourself mentally you know, for what that outcome may be, but also ways to deal with it. How how will you react in order to mitigate the impacts? Well, you can get into situations in life that are could be considered evil that you have absolutely no dress rehearsal for, no matter how much you try to prepare for it or premeditate for something evil happening. You can never really know exactly how it's going to play out. Well, no, you can never predict that serial killer that comes up behind you in a dark alley. And no, exactly. those types of things you can't. But there are a lot of scenarios that you can plan for and predict, right? Like what? Like a, our house catching on fire and what would the escape route be? We were supposed to get a fire extinguisher today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I had to use that one as an example. Okay, I see what you... I, Care to I see knock on wood that now. our house doesn't catch on fire tonight? We do have another fire extinguisher. I just felt we needed a second one. But to, in order to really like prepare for something like that, do you really need to premeditate on it? Don't you just have to make a quick decision to buy a fire extinguisher? Well, I'm not saying you actually go into a full-on meditation, s- okay. s- sitting down and contemplating the so just know, paying it some mind. origin of the universe and the- so basically paying uh, a a future disaster some mind could uh, well, it helps you plan make it for not it. happen. I mean, that's what it's, it's all about the planning for it and also to prepare yourself mentally for that okay. potential outcome. Okay, I'm on board now. I, I understand it. So the, it's, you know, not only important to prepare for success, but also be ready for failure. Yes. And think if that took place, what's the worst that could happen? And then go through that. And that way, you know, perhaps the worst that can happen isn't in reality as, as bad as what you could imagine. Right. Very well, well said, honey. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It was a painful one to get through, but we got through it. No, it was good. I thought it's good to discuss these things and not just like say them. It's like I, I need to understand. It. And and sometimes perhaps I, I sit in for some of our listeners who are like in the same boat. I don't know. That have no idea what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That are just like <laughs> layman's to all the stoicism stuff. I was really, you know, you know feeling pretty smug when I read that one because I am somebody who likes to plan for the worst. And, and I love that you do. Well, it may, I've gotten used I like to, to be it. prepared and it's, uh, you know, served me well throughout my life, throughout my career that you plan for all eventualities and then when they pop up, you're ready to deal. With you're them. ready to deal. You're ready to. Yep. Makes sense. Number 13 in the stoic practices is to play your given cards well. Okay. So what you, the cards that you've got, make sure you know every play. Like if you're playing crazy eights, you know when to play that eight or make somebody pick up two. Right? You know the right time to play that two on a two to make it pick up four. (laughs) And what's the queen? Is that pick up five? Queen is pick up five, depending on who you're playing with. Is it a queen of spades only? 
It is the Queen of Spades only. Actually, so this one isn't literal cards, but that was a great little dive into created the world of crazy eights. Yep. <laughs> but this is the idea that it's thinking of life like poker. The hands that were dealt are by chance, but you know we don't we don't have say in what we get, but we get to decide how we're going to play those cards we're dealt. Same can be said with crazy eights. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Cards are given are the cards you play. And an, ab- an admirable player tries to play their given hands the best they can. That's right. And then they accept the outcome calmly mm-hmm. and just focus on what you can control. And I think that that's something I practice in my life. And I think you do too, is there is some recognition that certainly things are beyond our control. And that's when you throw your cards, but you still accept that you lost. I and really feel okay. like you're missing the No, no, I'm not. Here. I'm just using a different analogy, that's all. I, I, I am getting it. I really, truly am. It makes sense. Okay. So you don't control what happens in your life, but you have the power to choose what you will do, what your reaction will be in given situations. Yes. Number 14 of Stoic Practices is to remember that nothing endures. And I think another way that this is commonly mm. said is that uh, this too shall pass. Yes. And Love heals all, or time heals all wounds. I think that's how it goes. And it's, it is true. Well, yes. I mean, I think that there's a reason why there are so many variations of how this same message is conveyed. It's because there is a lot of truth to it. Oftentimes when I'm in a difficult situation, I will contemplate whether or not it will have a lot of meaning in a day's time, a week's time, a year's time. How does it fit in in right. the grand picture? And then if you really want to go you know, to deep dive into that, it's to think about where is it in the grand scheme of the overall universe. Right. I mean, life is finite. And Don't how find we do that enough, you know. How important is this moment to mm-hmm. all those things? So if you become very anxious about something, whatever it may be in your life, that in a situation you're facing, perhaps try to get a little perspective on what that will mean down the road and whether or not when you're in your uh, golden years and you reflect back, is that something that is really going yeah. to have made a difference in the grand trajectory of your life? Yes, it's the uh, the moments you remember that make memories, so that, you know, when <laughs> that's that one was a very wise one yeah it's the moments we remember that, that make me- memories it's true the ones we forget become make. forgotten and, and they are you not never memories. know and you never know what moment will make a memory i mean and you, you certainly don't know the ones you've forgotten that's right that's right <laughs> you know sometimes you think okay i'm gonna go away on a big trip and then with my family and that's going to be the memory that i'm going to have the rest of my life but maybe it's just laying on the Couch reading a book, you know, snuggling with somebody. That might be the memory. You never know the memories you're going to make. Well, that's right. I think based on what you said, it's oftentimes when you speak with your children, I think that that gives you some insight into what is most important. Yeah. I know sometimes when we, we think that these grand events that we plan are, are the things that will stick in their memory. But when you ask them, you know, what was the most most enjoyable thing that we did this week? Or it'll often be surprising. Yeah. And it could be just the, the smallest thing, the time you took to listen or to read a book together. Exactly. Um, not the big trip or the... Thank you for illustrating the thought I tried to convey earlier. Because you, you just explained it perfectly. You're very welcome. Yeah. Number 15 of the Stoic Practices is to love whatever happens. If we resist reality and we always think things are going against us, it causes a lot of suffering. And so the idea around this is really that we have to acknowledge that there's something bigger than us. 
nature is complex and it's impossible to tell when anything happens, whether it's good or bad, because we don't know where it will lead eventually. And I often reflect on different things in my life that at the time I perhaps felt were devastating, but they led me down a path to where I am today. And because I am in a very, well, a, a wonderful place in my life, then I, re- I can't look back on anything that brought me to this point and regret it because it was all part of the path that got me to where I am today. You could learn something for ev- from every moment in life, basically, whether it's minuscule or grandiose. You, you can always learn from good and bad experiences. Right. I'm so going to put that on a t-shirt too. It'll have to be a big t-shirt. It'll be a big t- I'll put some on the back and on the sleeve too. <laughs> Number 16 is don't get played like a puppet. Unless you're Jim Henson. (laughs) Well, he's the puppeteer. True, but he's playing with the puppets. (laughs) The idea of this is don't let other people control how you feel. You know, don't let some offhand remark made by a colleague or a stranger impact you. You know, it's not... People do that so easily, though. They do, and they often aren't really focused on you at all. A lot of times, most times, when people are angry or upset, it's really something that's going on in their own world that's causing that to occur, and and it's really just being projected out to you. So, you know, don't let people jerk you around like a puppet. (laughs) Cut the strings that pull your mind and take back what's meant to be yours. That is one of the ones that are so easily said, but so difficult to do sometimes. I think I'm pretty good at this one. Impulse, right? People have impulses that they act upon without really thinking about it, kind of like Hamlet, you know? I I, I think, though, as I grow older, I... Wait, let's go back to the Hamlet comment. <laughs> yeah, he was impulsive with his actions and never really thought about the, the uh, direct results of things that he was doing or saying. Like death? Yeah, well, when he found out that his, was it that his father, who was killed by his brother, is now dating his wife, ex-wife? I, I can't it remember. It sounds like a reality exactly show. Exactly how it <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Sounds like the plot of it. Do, it does. Actually. Anyways, maybe on Big Brother, he just never really thought about what he was doing until after he did it. That's all. That's the the end result there. Do you think George Orwell would roll over in his grave at the fact that there's a show called Big Brother and what it is? Uh, no, probably not, because he kind of predicted this kind of madness. Yeah, maybe he'd be like, "See, told ya, told ya." And now you're getting entertainment out of that it. That would be his T-shirt. Told ya. Number 17, which is the last of our practices, is to play the equanimity game. I don't even know what that word means. It means that, you know, we all get caught off guard from time to time. And not just by the big things, but sometimes by the little things that build up in life. And the idea is not to lose balance and become irritable and grouchy. There's a bit of a theme through these practices, and it's the idea of not reacting, to choose to hold ourselves in a place of calm and return to balance. There's actually a modern philosopher, Brian Johnson, and he calls this the equanimity game. Uh And the rules are simple. Notice when you're off balance, when something in life has thrown you off balance, then see how fast you can catch yourself and correct yourself. Bring yourself back to a place of equanimity. Okay. All right. That makes sense. It is important to take a step back and really focus when you're experiencing an emotion, recognizing it. Sometimes recognizing anxiety or anger 
yeah. that in of itself can be enough to make it. You can use subside. the analogy of painting a picture. You know, sometimes you have to step back to see what you've created. Yes. Yeah? See what needs to be added and what needs to be taken away. That's a really great analogy. That's going on a t-shirt too. No, <laughs> it's actually going make... into a painting. But <laughs> to make a lot of t-shirts. So I hope what you'll do from this is take one of these practices or more and put them into action because it's one thing to read and listen about these types of things. But once you put them into action, that's when they stick. And philosophers warn us not to be satisfied with actual just learning, but to add practice and then train ourselves to put it into our world and make it a way of life. Yeah. So Jeff, we have a quick moment for you to give us your random tip. Well, my random tip is very, very, uh, you know, simple this week. It's basically don't buy cheap phone chargers. <laughs> I've learned it the hard way. And believe me, people just splurge on the good quality phone charger that will last a little longer. And here's another quick little tip. Just wrap that duct tape around it right away as soon as you buy it so that it doesn't have a chance to just bend and break because uh, especially the Apple product ones, I'll tell you something, they break easy. So buy a good one, spend the money. I know it might not last, but it'll last longer than the dollar store ones. And that's your tip. You bought so but you bought like I, three of the dollar store you know, ones. Do you, you want to know why I did that, honey? Because I thought <laughs> maybe out of this army, these army of cheap phone chargers, there will be one that lives up to what I want it to be. And none of them actually did. I know. Well, the cords were super long. So that was an attractive selling feature of these. Yeah, because having a long There's still cord... a couple more I need to try. And then the entire <laughs> legion of them have, would be, uh, you know, obsolete. So. Well, at least they're inexpensive. But... Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, that's not that's much a, of a tip, but it is a tip. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of a rant. But thanks for listening, everyone. Remain stoic. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till, Till next time. time.